Thursday, December 27, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly. I am coming to you from Denver, Colorado. I am here in the Mile High City, and we are back for another day of talking sports with a dose of common sense. And if you're listening to much sports talk these days, you know common sense is desperately needed these days. Hey, happy Thursday to you. I know we've talked about this here on The Dose before, but why do these short holiday weeks seem like they are always so much longer than a regular full week? Can we get like Elon Musk or something investigating that? Because honestly, it makes no sense to me, but it is Thursday and we are plowing ahead. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show, maybe let us know how your week is going. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at dailydosesports. Maybe you have some feedback for the show. Maybe you have a suggestion. Maybe you need a little advice. We can help you out. We would love to hear from you. Hey, today on the show, we will continue our week with a throwback show from February of 2015. Yes, we are going back to some of the early days of the dose. On this episode, we will be looking at some breaking NBA news. NFL free agency was getting ready to begin, and we actually were talking a little bit about March Madness, which was approaching very quickly. Then we discuss some of the toughest players to ever play in the NBA. Who are the scary tough guys? Who are those guys that no one wanted to mess with in the NBA? We have a Daily Dose Top 5 today that I think you are going to enjoy. I hope you enjoy this flashback edition of the Daily Dose. Wednesday, March 4th, 2015, you are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, sports writer from Denver, Colorado, coming to you this morning on a snowy, cold winter morning here in the Mile High City. Hey, you know, just so you know, we release a new podcast every single Wednesday, and we bring you just a a little bit different of an outlook on sports than you're going to get anywhere else. Uh, you can listen to it at your convenience. That's the great thing about the podcast as opposed to when we had the radio show earlier. Uh, you know, you can listen to it when you want to. You're sitting there at work. You got nothing else to do. Somebody, you know, that, that coworker that comes over and bothers you every single time. It seems like you put your headphones on. You can pause it. You can wait for them to leave. You can politely ask them to get out of here and then you can turn it back on without missing anything. That's the great thing about the podcast. It's way more convenient. Hey, I've got something a little bit new for you this week. We are now up on iTunes. You don't have to go to any other sites. You don't have to go anywhere else. You can go directly to iTunes, search Daily Dose. It's going to come up. You're going to find it. I've tried it. It does work. took a while to get us on iTunes. I'm telling you, I had to jump through some hoops, had to do a few backflips, but we finally have it up there. The great thing about having it on iTunes, you can subscribe to it. Now, in the past, you could subscribe to it on iTunes. You just couldn't find us actually in the iTunes store. We are now there. Uh, you can subscribe. You can rate. You can review Please, if you are a regular listener, please, please, please help us out. Go on there. Give us a rating. Give us a review. It doesn't have to be anything huge. Go on there and say, hey, love the podcast. Boom, done. Uh, give us five star, five star rating and you're finished. Um, doesn't have to be anything other than that, but it's, it's really, really convenient. I know to have it on iTunes. If you are not an iTunes person, and I get it. I understand if you're not, but if you're not an iTunes person, you can still go to Stitcher. You can still go to uh, podcastdirectory.com. There's a number of other places out there you can find it. Um, you can also, I'm going to give you something else in just a second. I'm going to give you something else in just a second. I don't want to tell you just yet. Um, hey, this week, uh, we've got a number of things to talk about. We've got the NBA. NBA is starting to shape up a little bit. We've got NFL free agency coming up. College basketball. We're down to the final week of the regular season, the madness is coming. Going to talk just a little bit of NHL. Got some actual some UFC stuff we're going to talk a little bit today and some Major League Baseball. Uh, and of course, a very popular segment here. We are going to uh, give you the Daily Dose Top 5. As usual, 
You do not want to miss that. A very, very popular segment here on The Daily Dose. Got a lot of things coming out in, in the world of sports. We got a lot of things to talk about today. Let's jump in. Uh, first off, the big news really yesterday was that the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, you know, we don't see many big trades in the NFL. We see them in the, in the NHL. We see them in NBA. We see them sometimes in Major League Baseball. You don't really see them a lot in the NFL. But uh, yesterday, the Philadelphia Eagles agreed to a trade with the Buffalo Bills. They send... Um, the Bills will send linebacker Kiko Alonso to the Eagles, and the Bills pick up running back LaShawn McCoy. Won't be official uh, until later this afternoon, but that is the trade that looks like it's in place. Now, when you hear that, there's a couple things that stand out to me. One, I know Bills fans are excited because Bills fans are looking at that and saying, hey, we're going to, you know, Rex Ryan, we're going to have the tough defense, we're going to go ground and pound on offense. Eagles fans, I know we're a little bit upset. I know Eagles fans were sitting there saying, what are we doing? We're giving this away. Eagles fans, let me tell you what you're doing. You are saving money. You are keeping money aside. You are going to, I believe, you're going to make a run at trying to get Marcus Mariota in the draft. I believe Chip Kelly wants his guy. At some point, though, because, you know, Alonzo is also an, an Oregon guy. At some point, I start looking at Chip Kelly and saying, you're kind of going Steve Spurrier on us. It seems like you're trying to get all your ex-college players I'm a little bit concerned about that. But now, the Eagles are going to have probably the money to to, to spend and, and keep Jeremy Macklin. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. So it, it's not all bad. And hey, Marcus Mariota, I, I really think they're going to try to make a run at him. So Bills fans, I know you're excited. But we have a little bit of more breaking news. A little bit more breaking news. The Buffalo Bills uh, today have now agreed to to another trade. Uh, they're going to get quarterback Matt Castle from the Minnesota Vikings. So, Bills fans, as excited as you were about getting LaShawn McCoy, now you've got Matt Castle for like an undisclosed pick. So you didn't give up much to get him. You shouldn't give up anything to get him. Here's the thing that, I, that I'm looking at when I see this this move. Uh, I look at the Bills and I think, okay, they, they, they're going to go defense. They're going to go ground and pound, like I said. But they don't have a lot of faith in EJ Manuel. We saw him uh, last year. It's just, he's got a cannon for an arm, but you just don't know where it's going to go. I mean, it's Tebow-esque in delivery. And so you just, I mean, you have no idea where he's going to throw it. Now, it, I think they're going to probably bring Matt Castle in to kind of tutor EJ Manuel and see if they can't get him up to speed as an NFL quarterback. Very, very similar to what the Browns are talking about doing, bringing in Josh McCown to kind of tutor Johnny Manziel. Here's the problem. McCown can play a little bit. Matt Castle, that's a lot like bringing in a uh, a blind-seeing eye dog to lead this blind person around. I don't know if that I don't know if I want Matt Castle teaching my quarterback how to play the position because that's not exactly how I want you to play the position. Hey, let's jump in to uh you know the week because we've got a lot of things to talk about. Let's jump into the NBA first off. Hey, Derek Rose had his knee surgery for that torn meniscus last week. And from what we were told, the knee surgery went really well. And he could be back in four to six weeks. But, you know, the, the thing that they said, uh, they came out and said, you know, this, this knee surgery was minor one, for one thing. Let's be real clear about this. Uh, when you're Derek Rose and you're having minor knee surgery, that's like Wes Welker saying, I had a minor concussion again. There is no minor surgeries at this point. Anything that they're cutting on his knee is major because this is a guy that's had to come back and come back and come back. But did you notice who said Derrick Rose could be back in four to six weeks? 
It wasn't Derrick Rose. It was Bulls management. Bulls management, who has always, always been cheap, been pushing their players to get back, had to, uh, you know, sometimes even get sued because they people felt like their doctors weren't exactly honest. They're who's pushing and saying, oh, no, Derrick Rose is fine. You got to remember, Derrick Rose has had surgeries in the past. When they said, oh, yeah, he's fine. We think he can return. Only uh, Rose doesn't necessarily feel that way. He seems to be one of those guys that's like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm tentative on this. I don't have the faith in it. I'm going to sit out just a little bit longer than what you guys are telling me. I'm starting to get worried about Derrick Rose. I, I feel like Derrick Rose, in order to come back, is going to almost have to reinvent himself and change the way he plays. And it made me think of one other player that had to do that. And, and if you're, if you're, you know, one of our younger audience members, you're not going to, uh, to understand this, but Ron Harper back in the day when he was playing with Cleveland was the high flyer, was the dunker, was the athletic elevation, could get his shot off. And then he had the, you know, all the knee surgeries and he had to change his game and he came back and he played with the Bulls and he was one of those guys that was a grinder, would come down, could play defense, was a, was a stopper, changed his game completely. I kind of wonder. If Derrick Rose is going to have to kind of remanufacture who he is, um, because this many surgeries and the way he plays, the, the style of basketball that he plays, I think lends itself. It's just very, very tough on his joints. I don't know if it's ever going to stand up. And like I said last week, there are certain people I believe that are just predisposed to these kind of injuries. I don't know what it is. It's their DNA, whatever it is. That just happens. Talk a little bit of NFL. You're starting to see the NFL franchises. They're starting to make their moves. They're starting to get ready for free agency to begin. Next Tuesday, the 10th, I believe it's at 4 p.m. Eastern time, free agency begins. So 2014 contracts are null and void, and we start the new season right then. That's when the new season starts. Franchise tag day was on Monday. want to talk a little bit about the franchises that did tag players because there were six that tagged players that are interesting. Uh, the six teams that did tag franchise players. And if you don't know what that means, because we throw that, we throw that term out a lot. What they, what the franchise tag means basically is that I have first option to sign you and I can either limit you from talking to other teams or other teams can talk to you, but I can still match their offer if they were to. It was basically put in so that big name players weren't allowed just to leave. You will have guaranteed money for one year and then I can try to resign you the next year. That's what the franchise tag is. If you, if you don't know what that is, couple teams that did, that did tag their franchise player. The Kansas City Chiefs tagged linebacker Justin Houston. That doesn't seem like a big deal. He had a huge year this past season, but Justin Houston doesn't want to be tagged as a linebacker. He wants to be tagged as a defensive end because a defensive end would demand more money and they're going to have to pay him based on that position that he plays. Keep an eye on that one. The Denver Broncos tagged wide receiver Demarius Thomas. I, I understand why they did it. I'm not entirely sold on it, but I do understand it. Demarius Thomas should remain a Bronco. If, if they do leave, if, it, let's say, uh, Chicago Bears come in and they say, hey, Demarius Thomas, we're going to give you, uh, $80 million. Broncos don't want to match it. And they left, then the Broncos would get two first round picks. So it's very, very expensive to try to get, you know, someone like that. Uh, Dallas Cowboys put, de- tag Des Bryant, wide receiver Des Bryant as their franchise player. L- little bit risky. Des has had his share of issues. A little bit risky. Uh, the New York Giants tagged Jason Pierre-Paul as their franchise player. Okay. 
Yeah. I mean, he, he he's always he's always solid. Not maybe as good a year this past year as he's had in the past, but that's a guy I wouldn't want to let get away. Uh, the New England Patriots may have had the most interesting uh, tag player. They tagged their kicker, Steven Gostowski, as their franchise player. We'll talk about that a little bit more uh, in a minute. And then the Miami Dolphins uh, tagged Charles Clay, their tight end, as their transitional player. Um, now, here's the players that were not franchised, that they, that was at least being talked about. The Detroit Lions did not tag Ndamukong Sue, which means he will be a free agent. I know the Lions are going to try to re-sign him. I know that they want him to remain in Detroit. This is a difference maker. This is a guy that is going to demand a huge amount of money. The Patriots tagging their kicker. Why would you not tag Devin McCourty? I mean, Devin McCourty is one of the best safeties in the game. And instead, they go with a kicker. That tells me the Patriots probably are fine with McCourty leaving. And don't be surprised. I told you this last week. Don't be surprised if Darrell Rivas leaves as well. Because I believe that they feel like they can plug someone else into that situation. Dallas Cowboys did not franchise, obviously, DeMarco Murray. Do they think he's done? Do they think DeMarco Murray, uh, you know, they gave him so many carries these past few years. Do they think that maybe he's finished? Because that's kind of, uh, it, it's either that or they just don't want to pony up, you know, that much money. $7 million for a running back. Running backs do not have the same value they once did. Now, don't tell Buffalo that. We'll keep that. Keep that quiet from Buffalo fans because they're they're all in now on the on the running game. Uh, but running backs just don't have the value that once did. It, it's too it's too tough of a position. You get too banged up. You get too injured. There was a story this week that came out, and I don't know if you saw this in college hoops. And this is where you can tell if you are a media person or you are a person that was involved in the athletic world and you actually understand the athletic world. Because there was a story that came out this week about how. Uh, if you are in the NCAA tournament, you would be better off uh, being a number three seed than a number two seed if you wind up in Kentucky's bracket. If you wind up in Kentucky's bracket, then you'd be better off just bumping back to a two, to a three seed because you don't want to be in that same you don't want to be in that same bracket. If you're in that same bracket, then I mean it's just a matter of time before you get uh, you know bounced and so you you do not want to be in that bracket whatever the situation is i don't want to be in the same bracket as as kentucky and when i saw this and, and this was a this was a headline i'm not talking about this was a you know a, a little you know thing along the ticker at the bottom this was a headline on a major sports network teams don't want to be a 2 they would rather be a 3 it, when when they release the brackets the thing that they try to do is they they say, okay, the top seeds, we want to put you in an area where you're going to you know draw fans. Can I just tell you, as a former coach, and I understand, I'm again, I'm not a college, a former high school coach. Um, when when you get the brackets, and I can tell you exactly how this goes down, because you go to the bracket release, whatever it's going to be, whether they do a big hoopla or whether it's just a meeting and they and they hand out the brackets. When you go to these things and you get your bracket. You look at usually like three things. Uh, I look at my opponent. Who am I going to face in the first round? Okay, first round, I face them. Uh, what conference are they in? What style do they play? How do we match up? Those are the first things that I hit. Who do we play first round? Because if I don't get out of the first round, everything else is irrelevant. Second thing I look at, and, and this might go against, you know, what the media has got. I, am I part of the media now? I feel like I'm media-ish, but I'm not media. I, I'm not putting myself in that group just yet. 
The second thing I look at is I look, who do I have to scout and where do I have to go? So uh, if I can scout my next team uh, right there in that same you know venue, great. But then who do I have to scout beyond that? Because who are we going to play beyond that? So I start looking at my scouting. Where where do I have to see this? Have we seen this team before, these, these future teams? Uh, if we win and we go to the next round, where can I see this team? So that's the next thing I look at. And then lastly, I look at, okay, where do we play and can I get fans there? I don't care when I face Kentucky. I don't care when I face, I, I don't care. As a coach, coaches, I, I promise you, they don't look at this stuff. That's why you know this story was written by a media person. Because coaches couldn't care less. If if I'm uh, Bo Ryan this year with Wisconsin, I know I have to go through Kentucky to win it all. Unless someone just gets lucky and knocks them off before me. I know if I'm going to win a national championship this year, I'm probably going to have to go through Kentucky. I don't care when I face them. And if I'm the two, I'm probably not facing them until like the Elite Eight anyway. I don't care. I realize I have to face them. I'm not ducking anybody. That's that's not even the point. But uh, it, it was just funny that people came out and said, "Well, you know, there's a big thing this year that they might they might rather be a three than a two. No, they wouldn't. They don't care. They don't care. I look at who I'm playing. I look at who I have to scout, and and then you know I, I look at where can I get the most fans? Because if they're gonna make me travel to the other side of the country, we're not gonna have much support." That concerns me a lot more than I have to if I have to play Kentucky in the Elite Eight. I, I'm, I'm not concerned about that. Doesn't doesn't bother me. As we do every week, got to get to our daily dose top five this week. And our daily dose top five, you may have seen. Uh, speaking of people passing away, you may have seen this past week. Uh, Anthony Mason passed away this past week, and Anthony Mason. Uh, was one of those kind of tough guys. You know, he played with the Knicks, uh, played, I believe, a little bit with Charlotte. Anthony Mason was a tough dude, was a banger, would go inside, was not afraid of anybody. Tough guy, tough guy. And I started thinking about who are the toughest guys to ever play in the NBA. And I mean tough guys, tough guys. And, and, and I've thrown this, I've thrown the question out to a couple different people, a couple different friends, and just said, hey, toughest guys to ever play in the NBA. And I got, you know, some of the same standard answers again and again and again. Well, this guy was a tough guy, and this guy was a tough guy, and this guy, oh yeah, he was pretty tough. And, and I started thinking about who are the really, really tough guys in the NBA? Because like I've told you in the past, most NBA guys are not legitimately tough guys. Most of them have never been in a fight in their life. They've been the biggest guy their whole life. They've been told not to pick on anyone littler than them. And because they've been the biggest guy their whole life, People have been afraid of them their whole life. And so they've never actually been in a fight. They've never actually had to fight anybody. So to find genuine tough guys, not as easy as you might think it is. Now, the thing that I, that I was really going through when I was, I was trying to pick out the five tough guys is I, there's three kinds of tough guys that have played in the NBA. There's three kinds. And I want to talk about those real quick because I know when I say tough guy, the first thing you probably thought of we're guys like uh, Bill Lambeer, Dennis Rodman. Yeah, I, I get it. But when when most of your tough, so-called tough plays were cheap shots, I, I I don't know if I really put you down as a tough guy. And I'm not saying Lambeer wasn't a tough guy. Yeah, he was tough. Uh, but most of the plays he made were kind of cheap shots. They weren't necessarily tough plays. I can I can knock anybody out of the air when when you're you know completely defenseless. That's not really tough guy. That, that doesn't stand up for me. 
Um, and then there were the guys that are kind of, they act like they're tough guys. They're the poser kind of tough guys. Uh, they'll, they'll stand over you. They'll, they'll kind of, you know, act like they're, you know, the big menace and, and they'll kind of follow you around. There's a lot of those guys. There's a lot of the poser tough guy. Hold me back. Hold me back. Oh man. Good thing you stepped in between us. Otherwise I really was. And then there's the tough guys. Now the posers, we have a lot of those in the NBA today. We have a lot of those posers that again, they've probably never been in a fight in their life. And so they just act like, oh, you don't want any of this. Because if, if you really want to fight in the NBA, there's only a, nine other guys on the court. If you really want to fight in the NBA, you can't fight. It's not that hard. You don't have to step and push and shove. No, you just start hooking. The fight will happen if you want it to happen. There's a lot of posers that do the, you know, break us up, break us up, get between us, hold me back. They don't really want to fight. And then there's the tough guys. And when I say tough guys, I mean guys that will not hesitate to fight. In fact, they're fine with fighting. They have no problem whatsoever with fighting. Let me give you an example. Because there's a couple guys that didn't make the list. That that really were tough guys. Uh, guys like Maurice Lucas, who played with Portland for years. Tough guy. Really good player. Not a goon. There are goons, and there's even a couple, you know, maybe a goon or two on the, on the list. There, there are goons that all they did was they were there to be the, to be the muscle. That's not what I'm talking about. Maurice Lucas was a tough guy. Vernon Maxwell was a tough dude. Vernon Maxwell was crazy. Mad Max. He was nuts. Uh, Ben Wallace. I believe Ben Wallace is a very, very tough guy. Is Ron Artest on the list? I'm not sure if Ron Artest, uh, Ron Artest always came across maybe as crazy. But I think I saw Kobe step to him once, and then he kind of didn't do anything. So I don't know if you're that tough of a guy. Let me give you an example of a tough guy you might not know about. Do you remember back in the 80s, the Lakers had a, had a tough guy by the name of Wes Matthews. And you might even remember, there was a, a famous Sports Illustrated picture of Wes Matthews and Xavier McDaniel. Uh, McDaniel had his hands around the throat of Wes Matthews, and they were fighting. Got in a fight. McDaniel went right for the throat and started choking Wes Matthews. They broke him up. They split him up. And about a week later, the uh, the Sonics with Xavier McDaniel went to New York. Went to New York to play the Knicks. Wes Matthews apparently, allegedly, had some sort of contact between him and his boys or whatever. Contact, contacted uh, Xavier McDaniel and said, hey, if you play in this game against the Knicks tonight, we're going to end you. You're not going to make it. Now, if you take a look at the box score, Sonics uh, went to New York, faced the Knicks. Xavier McDaniel missed three games all year. Well, four total. December 1st, 1987. Take a look at the box score. Seattle Supersonics, Xavier McDaniel, did not play. Later, like a week later, Wes Matthews gets fined $10,000 by the league. They never said why. They fined him $10,000. For some reason, McDaniels didn't play. I don't know why. There are certain guys out there that are a little bit tougher than everyone else. And when I say tough, I don't mean it necessarily in a good way. It might be crazy. It might be insane tough. But there are some guys out there you did not mess with. And by the way, 
I know you're thinking Xavier McDaniel belongs on the list of tough guys. He looked like a tough guy. He looked, he played the part, had the shaved head, had the big muscles. He kind of would, would scrap a little bit. He was more of the poser tough guy because I remember, was it like the 92 uh, Eastern Conference Finals when MJ stepped right in his face, nose to nose, and said some things to Xavier McDaniel that you could read his lips and they weren't exactly the most polite things and X didn't do anything about it. That gets you eliminated from the tough guy list. You can't have MJ just step in your face. And hey, not that Mike was, you know, not tough. Very, very tough, but not a fighter. I mean, come on. Now, let's get to our Daily Dose Top 5 NBA Tough Guys of All Time. Top 5 NBA Tough Guys of All Time. Number 5. And number 5 might throw you off. When you hear this, you go, wait a second. Number 5, Larry Bird. I know, I know. You're sitting there going, wait, are you kidding me? Larry Bird, tough. Hey, Bird didn't talk about fighting. He didn't do the pushing and shoving. You want to fight? Let's fight. Larry Bird fought Bill Lambeer. Punched him square in his face. Fought Doc. Fought Dr. J. Who fights Dr. J? Fought Kareem. Fought Charles Barkley. Larry Bird was absolutely unafraid to fight anyone. Didn't care. And and like I said, it wasn't the poser, let's talk about fighting. No, you want to fight, let's fight. He had no qualms whatsoever about throwing. And the thing about Larry, too, is Larry would talk trash to you, and he would back it up. He would back it up. Uh, there's the the story, obviously, again, I hate to bring up Xavier McDaniel again, where uh, they were playing, I believe he was with Seattle at the time. Take a timeout. There's like three seconds left. Celtics are down. Bird walks into McDaniel. McDaniel's got him and says, hey, I'm going to run down here. I'm going to come off the screen, and I'm going to hit the game winner right in your eye. McDaniel says, yeah, right. Of course you are. Bird takes him down, comes off the screen, catches it, hits it right in his eye, and says, see, I told you I was going to do it, and you couldn't do anything about it. Bird would talk the trash, and Bird would back it up, but Bird had no qualms about fighting. If you want to fight, I mean, this was a old school farm boy he would throw with anybody. Larry Bird was a tough dude. Make no mistake about that. Uh, maybe not the, the image that you have in mind of Larry Bird. Larry Bird would fight anybody. Number four on our list of toughest guys in the NBA. This one's going to throw you off a little bit too because it might surprise you a little bit he's on the list. But you got to trust me on this one. Number four, Jerry Stackhouse. What? Jerry Stackhouse? Hey, Stackhouse didn't talk about fighting. Stackhouse would fight. When he was with the Sixers, he got into it with Allen Iverson. Now, Allen Iverson, I, I realize he's not a big dude, but Allen Iverson was kind of a tough little dude. And Allen Iverson was a little bit of a... Is thug the right word? AI was not was not above coming after somebody. I mean, he had his own issues. But Stackhouse said, hey, AI disrespected me. He didn't, I don't want to fight him, but he disrespected me. He socked AI in his face. You want a, a clip of, of a guy that it's, it's not about talking about fighting? Check out the clip of Jerry Stackhouse and, uh, and, and Jeff Hornacek with the Utah Jazz. They kind of have like words like, oh yeah. And Stackhouse just knuckle up, boom, starts popping him in the head. I mean, again, Stackhouse didn't talk about fighting. He would fight you. He had to actually be separated from, at the time, Hornets coach Byron Scott because they started talking on the sideline, and Scott apparently told Stack, uh, hey, I've got rings. Don't talk to me. 
And Stackhouse tells him, yeah, if I played with Magic, Kareem, and Worthy, I'd have a ring too. And they had to actually separate him from fighting a coach. Jerry Stackhouse, you didn't want to mess with. Actually got in a fight on the plane uh, with Christian Leitner, who was his own teammate. Christian Leitner wasn't playing at the time because I believe he had a broken rib. Didn't matter. Stackhouse socked him a few times too. Jerry Stackhouse, not afraid to fight you. Number three on our list, NBA tough guys. You might not think of this guy as a tough guy. He was a tough guy. Uh, Willis Reed, center with the New York Knicks. You know, we all remember Willis Reed limping back into Madison Square Garden with the leg injury, you know, in the playoffs. But you, what you might not realize is that four years earlier, uh, he gets cheap shotted in a game against the Lakers by, by Laker forward Rudy LaRusso. And Willis Reed, first off, punches LaRusso in the face about three times. And then he, the, the fight kind of spills into the Laker bench and he just starts fighting everyone on the bench. I mean, he, Larry Imhoff's on the bench. Uh, you know, pops him over the eye. He has to get stitches over his eye. John Block is on the bench, broke his nose for him. LaRusso actually had to get stitches as well. He fought it like anybody. Okay. Who wants to go next? He just fought the whole Laker bench. Willis Reed was a tough, tough dude. And from that old school, you know, time that era when hey that's just how you what you have to do to survive willis reed was a tough guy number two on our list toughest guys ever in the nba gotta have him on the list charles oakley charles oakley played a long time with the bulls played with the knicks charles oakley was michael jordan's original bodyguard and you might sit there and say, okay, yeah, I get that. Well, if you know we have the guy that if we feel like we can take Michael out We'll take him out because we know where it's going to... Well, Oakley wouldn't let that happen. Here's the thing you have to realize, though. Not only did Charles Oakley uh, be the bodyguard for Michael while he was playing, he's still his bodyguard now. Like his personal bodyguard, he follows Mike wherever Mike goes. He still, still to this day, is Michael Jordan's personal bodyguard. Now, I- I'm going to go ahead and guess, if you're his go- bodyguard, you're probably a tough dude. Just, just a guess. Um, do you realize this though? Back when they were having, uh, you know, the, the labor negotiations, uh, with the, with the CBA, with, with the NBA, uh, apparently Charles Oakley, uh, and Charles Barkley got into a little bit of an argument and Oakley just slapped Barkley across his face. Charles Oakley was a tough dude. Hey, Barkley, uh, I don't know that Barkley was a fighter, but Barkley was a tough guy. Barkley was was no joke. Uh, Charles Oakley slapped Barkley across his face. Uh, and then he gets into a little bit of a scrap. Again, man, I feel like I'm picking on Xavier McDaniel today. He gets into a little bit of a scrap with Xavier McDaniel uh, in a playoff game. And he actually kind of throws Xavier into the uh, Madison Square Garden crowd. Uh, Charles Oakley was no joke. His nickname, uh, not real original, was Oak. And that's kind of way, the way he was. Just solid. And you didn't want to mess with him. Uh, more times than not, it was a matter of I don't want to fight Charles Oakley because he's just a big, strong, tough guy. Number one guy on our list, Daily Dose Top 5, toughest NBA guys of all time. This is a guy you're going to sit there and say, who? Who are you talking about? I don't even know who that is. This might be the scariest dude to ever play in the NBA. Number one tough guy on our list, Alvin Robertson. 
Alvin Robertson, a little bit of a journeyman, not a bad player, not a bad player. Uh, played with the Spurs, played with the Bucks. Uh, you might remember him a little bit with the Pistons and Raptors at the end of it. Alvin Robertson was legitimately scary. Like, might kill you. Scary. Um, want evidence? He's serving time in a Texas penitentiary right now. There is a clip, if you go back and find it, the Orlando Magic was playing maybe when he was with Toronto, and they get into a little bit of a scuffle. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal actually gets into a little bit of a scuffle, and Robertson kind of grabs Shaquille. Now, Robertson was like a 6'3", 200-pound guy. He wasn't the huge NBA guy. He was like 6'3", 200 pounds. Tough, tough defender, really tough defender. And he kind of grabs Shaquille and kind of sets him to the side. Just kind of pulls him out, hey, hey, no fight, no fight. And Shaquille kind of gets mad and kind of pushes him off and then takes a swing at Robertson. Robertson goes after Shaquille O'Neal. I don't mean like goes after like, oh, you want to, no, like go, like let's fight. I want to fight you. Goes after Shaquille O'Neal. Alvin Robertson was legitimately scary. There are players that say when they came into the league, they were warned by other veterans, never talk trash to him. Give you just a brief story. Reggie Miller, uh, former Indiana Pacer, Hall of Famer, one of the great players of all time. Reggie Miller says he was playing in a pickup game one time in the offseason with a number of NBA players, uh, you know, like Dale Davis and Detlef Shrimp. Um, there were a number of big-time players in this game. And he said the whole game, Alvin Robertson is keeping the score, and the whole game he's kind of cheating on the score. Like, uh, you guys haven't scored, but he keeps adding points. And, and we just scored and you didn't give us our points. And, and you know, you've played with those guys. You know, it's, it's, it's 10 6 and we hit a bucket and you're like, okay, it's, uh, it's 11, it's 11 5. And you're, wait a second. I know you changed the score. Reggie Miller says, with all these NBA players, as competitive as they are and as badly as they want to win, no one corrected Alvin Robertson. They just let him cheat all day long. Alvin Robertson, our number one tough guy of all time in the NBA. Scary tough, not not nice, cuddly tough, not no, like the guy that goes to the trunk when there's a disagreement. Alvin Robertson was scary. Hey, I hope you did enjoy looking back at some Daily Dose episodes from the past. Hey, like I said, we've got a little bit of a different week for you here, but you know, sometimes it is kind of fun to take a look back at some of these memories from things that were happening in the world of sports. I have to say thank you all so much for listening to The Daily Dose on your Thursday. For all of you that share the show, thank you so much. It is genuinely appreciated. Make sure that if you're not subscribed to The Dose, wherever you listen, just click that little follow or subscribe button, then you won't miss a single episode. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Thursday.